Do you love the Mason Vera Payne show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then keep listening. It's time for Team MVP. Uh, Team MVP is a show about your life, covering everything from movies and games to technology to politics, but not the stuff you hear about on the news. Coming to you from MVP Studios, Team MVP starts now. Team MVP correspondent Brian Alzheimer live from MVP Studios in Chicago, and thank you for tuning in. Well, the idea of making a relationship contract may seem odd at first. I certainly thought it was. And you might be asking yourself, why do I need a contract with my partner? Or what problems can my contract solve in our relationship? Sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey joins me to explain why people are entering into relationship contracts. Hey, Leah, how's it going? Hey, Brian. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. So first of all, what is a relationship contract? So uh, this is a really interesting thing that is starting to become more popular where people sit down and actually talk about, this is the crazy part, ready? They talk about their relationship. (laughs) (laughs) They talk about what they want out of their relationship. You know, so often in our culture, we grow up in a family structure where there are just certain unspoken rules and expectations, whether It's gender roles or how money is dealt with or, you know, what's most important, what our priorities are. Those are things that often we pick up from our families and we never think too hard about them because it's just sort of part of the water that we swim in and the air that we breathe. But then when we come into a relationship with another person, they grew up with an entirely different set of expectations about what is normal and correct. And because we're all using the same words, you know, because we're saying, oh, we want to be in a committed relationship and maybe we're going to be monogamous. um, Then we assume that we're talking about the same thing. But if we don't ever actually sit down and have that conversation about what those things mean to each of us, then we're essentially working without a shared vocabulary. Wow. And this ends up leading to lots of problems because we assume we're talking about the same things, but we're using the same words to mean completely different things. So really the, you know, I think the focus when people get introduced to this idea, the focus is on the contract word, but, And that feels kind of scary because it feels big and legalistic. But really what you're doing is having a conversation about how you want your relationship to work and making some agreements about how that will be. Now, people who go so far as to draft a quote unquote relationship contract might be doing this in writing. But, you know, with my partner, we don't have a contract, so to speak, but we have lots of relationship agreements that we have made over time to help, you know, bridge those gaps in our, in our experiences, in our vocabularies so that we can have a smoother relationship. Now this sounds fairly new. So I'm I'm interested in knowing if, you know, these relationship contracts work with the younger generation as opposed to people, let's say, in their late 30s and 40s. We're talking with sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey. Uh, we're talking about relationship contracts. Tell me about that. 
So, you know, I think there's a lot of talk about the younger generation because, you know, they have so much more understanding of gender being a spectrum of relationship structures, you know, monogamy to non-monogamy being a spectrum. They've come up in a world that is a lot more conversant in, in these things than those of us who grew up a few decades ago did. So I think this might be a more obvious choice for people of younger generations. But truthfully, I don't think that this is an age thing. It's a community thing. So for instance, People who tend to have these contracts, the further away you get from the normalized cisgender, heteronormative, monogamous relationship structure, the more likely you are to find these agreements. So like my first contact with with these agreements came with the kink community. I made friends with a bunch of people who had, you know, fairly hardcore kink relationships. And in that space, it's really important to have had all of the conversations and to really know and understand what your partner wants, what their limits are, et cetera. And so some of my kink friends have like actual written, you know, 10, 12 page contracts that they go over once every few months together. Like they actually make it a date. And it's a fun thing as opposed to, again, as opposed to a legalistic thing. It's part of their foreplay. It's part of their interaction with each other. And, you know, similarly, people who are in polyamorous relationships, having really clear conversations and understandings about what we find acceptable and ethical in our relationship is a vitally important piece of the relationship. And so, so they're more likely to have had a lot of these conversations. With that said, I think that bringing this into, you know, the, the more conventional heterocentric monogamous relationship could be a huge boon for people because it gets them talking about things that they've always just made assumptions about in the past. We're talking with Leah Carey. She's the sex and intimacy coach. We're live here in MVP studios in Chicago. And we're talking about relationship contracts. Now, some people may ask, are these legally binding? Can you make these legally binding? And if so, like if somebody breaks, let's say a clause in that contract, what would happen? Or is is that discussed between the two parties? Sure. So first of all, I'm sure you could make a contract that was legally binding, but I don't know that it would actually be useful because that, you know, putting something into a legal context immediately brings up the questions of like what happens if it's violated. Like you come from a place where there's an expectation that something's going to go wrong. When I work with clients on their on their agreements, what we're doing is setting the table for having a relationship where things are easily talked about as opposed to set in stone and legalistic. That's, again, why I use the word agreement as opposed to contract. So it doesn't feel quite so scary. 
And part of what can be addressed in those conversations is what does happen Mm -hmm. if something gets violated? You know, what happens if, for instance, one of the things in our agreement is that here's how we define monogamy. We define it as because as surprising as this may be, lots of people define monogamy in lots of different ways. So, for instance, Maybe one partner says, I'm really not comfortable with you watching, quote unquote, adult entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so they make the agreement that adult entertainment is going to be off the table unless they're both in the room together watching it together. And then there might be a conversation about, okay, so what happens if I'm out of town for you know, a few weeks and you really need something to sort of keep you, keep your juices flowing while I'm out of town. I'm trying to say all of these things, (laughs) (laughs) carefully constructed sentences. You know, what happens if I'm out of town for a few weeks? Then you, you make those contingencies. You put those in place in advance or you maybe don't think to put them in place in advance, but then it becomes an issue. You already have the conversation started. So you can go back and say, oh, you know, we didn't think to talk about this. Can we have that conversation now? As opposed to somebody just doing something that they know their partner would not be okay with and it becoming a relationship threatening event. Oh, and I consider myself old school. For me and my wife, like Saturday mornings is that time that's set aside for me to do gaming because I'm a heavy gamer, right? So would that yes, be something perfect. would that be something considered to be in the relationship contract? Absolutely. And that's the thing. It can cover anything that's important to you. If we come to this with the idea of a contract, we think, oh, there has to be certain things and we have to spell them out in these extremely detailed, you know, you can have three hours and not a minute over that kind of thing. But when we're thinking about it in terms of an agreement, we're thinking, what's going to make my partner feel really seen and heard and fulfilled? And what, you know, what accommodations can we make for each other that will leave them feeling that way? And so if for you, that's Saturday morning gaming, that's a perfect thing to put, um, to really have a conversation about and make an agreement to. And then your spouse might think, oh, you know, those three hours I'm going to make a standing date to go out with my girlfriends, you know, things like that. And then you can always renegotiate, but it gives you that sort of structure that might be really helpful to both of you. Right. So there's no quarrel about what the other person is doing. We're talking with sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey. We're live in MVP studios here in Chicago, and we're talking about relationship contracts. Now, here's the big question. Who should be the first person to initiate the contract? Because I'm thinking in the old school way, I feel that if a guy comes to a a woman and says, hey, this is what I want to do. Let's have this contract. Would that be a turnoff? Should there be a certain amount of time that passes before a, a contract like this is presented? Oh, what an interesting question. So 
I would say that the person who initiates it is the person who thinks, hey, this is something I want to do. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like we don't necessarily have to. Part of this is like breaking down the ideas that there are things that are quote unquote normal. We just each have our own needs and desires. And what this does is allow us to really talk about and express those needs and desires in a clear, open, honest way. And that's how it works best is when both partners come in really in an open frame of mind, wanting to do this. It's, it's not great if somebody feels like they're being pressured or coerced into doing it. It's best if you both come into it saying, yeah, this feels like something that would be really helpful to us. And at that point, it's kind of, you know, Whoever has the great idea <laughs> can come in and say, hey, let's have these conversations. Right. After talking to you about this, too, it kind of takes away that that question of, you know, why not just have better communications as opposed to having this, you know, paper contract? I kind of get it now because, you know, on its face, when you read about this, you think, like, why do I need a contract mm-hmm. when you, when I can just talk to the person that I'm in love with or, that I, or I'm in a relationship mm-hmm. with? We're talking with sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey. We're talking about relationship contracts. Now, mm-hmm. has there ever been a relationship contract that went bad that you know of? So, again, you know, if I'm thinking about it in terms of agreements, we have agreements that we keep that we're able to keep and we have agreements that we're not able to keep when we talk about it in terms of contracts then it begins to feel very legalistic and there are these big ramifications and it gets scary and we go to court and the relationship ends but if we think about it in terms of like you were just saying communication this is not a tool in place of a communication this is a tool to help you have deeper, more powerful communication. And when that happens, it becomes easier to deal with the hard things because you already have a really solid base of knowing how to talk to each other about it, um, about hard things. And such point as the contract or the agreements are no longer working for you, It's not an issue of going to court and pulling things apart. It's an issue of coming back together and saying, these things aren't working. Do we want to renegotiate? Are we still committed to being together and making this work? In which case we need to make some new agreements so that we can both feel seen and heard and fulfilled. Or have we gotten to the point where this relationship no longer suits us And that's why these agreements are not working. And then how do we begin to dissolve the relationship in a way that works for us both? And there you have it. Sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey. We were talking about relationship contracts. If you want to find out more about Leah Carey, make sure you go to leahcarey.com. And you can also follow on Instagram. It's at goodgirlstalk on Instagram and you can subscribe to her YouTube channel is at good girls talk. If you want to check out her YouTube channel, she does have a podcast called good girls talk about sex. Once again, that's good girls talk about sex and Leah, thanks so much for joining me. And you really opened up my eyes to something new. Well, thank you so much for the chance to talk with you, Brian. I really enjoyed it. Love what you just heard. Team MVP is brought to you by everyone's favorite unabridged millennial Mason Vera Payne. Let's be friends.
Connect with us at Mason Vera Payne on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Got a question or comment for the show? Email contact at masonverapain.com and make sure to check out masonverapain.com to catch up on what you missed and get fresh content multiple times a week. That's Mason Vera P A I N E, all one word, dot com.